Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. Do you like the great outdoors? Are you or are you looking to be? A master bow hunter, king of the hill in archery, you're in the right place. Welcome to Bow Hunter Planet. It's the Bow Hunter Planet podcast, recorded live in the BHP Studios, Detroit, Michigan, with your host, Team BHP. The BHP podcast is proudly presented by Vanguard Outdoors. Learn more at vanguardworld.us. Hello and welcome to the bowhunterplanet.com podcast. It's myself, Dave Thomas, tonight, along with Michael Vantine. Mike, how's it going, man? Going pretty well. How about yourself? Doing well. Uh, Mike's joining me uh, through FaceTime audio, <laughs> so we uh, tend to do that. We want to just get a little bit of extra talking in here, and so I figured tonight's a Sunday night. It's a good time to chat some hunting, see what's going on, and just uh, chat. So, so Mike, uh, how's your season been going? Uh, it's been a pretty uh, pretty rough um, season so far. Um, uh, Eating the tag sandwiches right now. I'm hoping to get out, um, hopefully here towards the end of December here. Um, and if not that, um, a couple of the counties here in Michigan extended, uh, the deer season through the end of January. So there's always that if I, uh, can't get out here in December here soon. So I'm hoping that's the case. Yeah. I was thinking about that late season hunt. It's kind of exciting really to have that opportunity to, be able to go and um you know get get a couple extra deer if you need to and get the bow out and get some shots and it's kind of cool because a lot of people at this time uh, are just buying their new bows so it's kind of a good time to get a chance to actually get out and use it exactly yeah you know all the all this week and the last couple weeks there's just been bow launch after bow launch after bow launch and uh i think especially here in michigan people you know, Southeast Michigan, you know, if they have bought a new bow, it's a perfect opportunity to, you know, see if you can uh, break it in early as opposed to wait until next year. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. All right, Mike, so I, I got some really cool data to talk to you about. This is actually pretty interesting stuff. And uh, I, I thought it was cool to, when I got this, this is, I'm reading the QDMA's Whitetail Report 2017 and they have everything in here in a lot of great detail. So I'm going to read some stats off to you. And I want to get your opinion on a couple. Um, and I think it's very, very interesting um, data. And I think it's not going to surprise you necessarily. But it really kind of shines some light on things that make you really think twice about uh, laws and stuff and states and different things. You ready? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So the first thing um, we're going to talk about 
is uh, it's called Estimated Buck Harvest, and it says antlered bucks one and a half years or in older. Um, so this is antler bucks one and a half years older. So we will um, focus on a couple states, obviously Michigan being one, but um, let's first talk about Illinois. So Illinois estimates that in 2013 they killed 57,769 bucks. Um, again, a year and a half or older. Um, and then in 2017, they are, where's this change at? No, you know what? This one's not going to be 2017. This one specifically is just a three-year average. So they do 2013, 14, and 15, and then they show a percentage change. So they don't yet have this for the 2016, 17, and 18. But just in the 2013 to 2015 time frame, um, they went up from 57,000 to 67,000. So they basically went up 10,000 bucks uh, killed from those couple years. So that's interesting that 13 wow. was a lull, basically, for them. But this one here is interesting. So in 2013, Michigan had 204,000, well, I shouldn't say 203,000 buck kills. <laughs> and this is not surprising to me. Um, no. Not at all. So 203,000 buck kills. And in 2015, they had 191,000. So they're basically averaging. So 2013 is 203, 2014 is 178, and 2015 is 191. Now, if I, I don't know if, if you remember this, but I remember there being a lull in seeing bucks uh, for a couple of years. So I bet you these were those years where there's actually less bucks taken in 14 and 15. Um, yeah, absolutely. Than in 2013. Now, I would love to see this for today, um, but the average number of bucks taken from Michigan between 2013 uh, and, tw or, I'm sorry, from 2010 to 20 2014, the average amount of bucks taken According to this, is two hundred five thousand point eight, so two basically two hundred six thousand per year, bucks. <laughs> now, oh prepare yourself. Prepare yourself, because the next thing I'm about to tell you is that I'm going to give you an example of other states. All right, so I'm okay. going to give you that average twenty ten to twenty fourteen average bucks kill. I'm going to give you averages, and watch watch this. Illinois sixty six thousand. I'm rounding up, by the way. Indiana, 48,000. Okay. Iowa, 45,000. Kansas, 42,000. Kentucky, 65,000. Minnesota, 80, 88,000. Nebraska, 30,000. North Dakota, 33,000. Ohio, our bordering state, Ohio, 77.5 thousand. <laughs> South Dakota, 31,000. Wisconsin, 150,000. So, and then you go back to Michigan, 205.8. What a joke. <laughs> what a joke. Seriously. What a joke. What, what's wrong with our laws? Like, I just don't get it. Like, are you kidding me? Every state. Now, I wouldn't say every state. Texas actually has the most at 325,000, but that makes sense to me. They have a lot of land. Yeah. And they have a lot of bucks. Yeah, that makes sense. It's different. Like, this is unbelievable to me. And then, then you wonder why we'll that never be a contender for a large buck state, ever. Ever. And I think, you know, I think part of the problem in Michigan, too, I mean, a good portion of the states you mentioned, you, know, you get one buck tag per hunter. You know, here in Michigan, you get the, 
get the Cabo license, you can shoot two bucks a year, you know. And I think that's, that's, I mean, I'm not a big fan of it. I would like to be away with it for a couple of years just so we can get bigger bucks. But that is, that is insane. I never would have guessed it was over 200000 a year. It's crazy, man. The average is just mind-blowing. Just mind-blowing. Just for bucks. That's not toes. I bet you we kill less yeah, does. That's, that's insane. <laughs> I bet you we kill less does. This is this is so much good detail, man. It's really interesting. Um, let's see, Midwest. I'm trying to figure out the totals here. So, um, okay, so yeah, Midwest total bucks killed estimated 2050 in the Midwest is a, a one one million basically. Um, northeast is five hundred thousand. Southeast is 1.2 million. Um, and then the average against all three regions was uh, 2.7 million. Total deer killed a year. Crazy. Wow. I'm just trying to see. Okay, so I'm just trying to see now if they have anything on the size of the deer. 2015 versus. This is seriously insane. I can't wait to get Kip Adams on the show. He's uh, He does a lot of this data for uh, QDMA. We've been trying to get him on for a couple of weeks, but, man, I can't wait to get him on and talk about this stuff. This is crazy. Oh, I, I can imagine. Oh, here we go. Here we go. This is a good one. Percentage of bucks harvested by age class. <laughs> so it's got year-and-a-half-year-olds, two-and-a-half-year-olds, and three-and-a-half-year-olds. Oh, okay. man, I'm scared to even look at this. Uh, okay, here we go. Let me figure out. Okay, Michigan. So it says that, I'm just trying to figure out if these are percentages I'm looking at. Um, percentage of bucks, so this is a percent. Hey guys, Dave from the Bowhunter Planet Podcast. We're looking for cool hunting stories from you. We want to hear your story. If you have a cool story and you want to submit it for a chance to be featured on the podcast, send us an email at team at bowhunterplanet.com with your story there's a good chance you could be invited on to the podcast. Hey, enjoying the hunt. So, um, percentage of bucks that we shoot in Michigan that are a year and a half year old, one year and a half year old, are 44%. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that does not surprise me. That does not surprise me. <laughs> three, three and a half year olds are older for Michigan. It's 27%, 27 for 2015. 2013 was 21. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm trying to see if we're the lowest. Tennessee seems to be pretty low, too, at 20% for three and a half year olds or older. Let's say, uh, wow. Wisconsin seems to have issues, too. They're at 17%. And they have 50, oh. They have 55% year and a half year, or, or younger. So they must have the same rules as us. Probably pretty close. Yeah, because. They're pretty close to us. Let's look at Iowa. Oh, no, Iowa wasn't in here. They, for some reason, don't have the data. Let's look at Illinois. Nope, they don't have the data for that one. I'm trying to find one that would be like flip-flop and that, you know. Alabama, 51% of the deer they kill are, are three-and-a-half-year-olds or, or older. Oh, look at this one. Um, Mississippi, 77%. Louisiana, 67%. Oklahoma, 60% of the deer they kill. Texas, 75% of the deer they kill are three and a half or older. Oh, man. 
my gosh. <coughs> wow. This is unbelievable data. Oh my gosh. Uh, what is this? This is interesting. It says mature bucks exceeded yearlings in U.S. buck harvest in 1989, 62%, and then 2015, 35%. I have to really think about that one. What does that mean exactly? Mature bucks exceeded, so more mature bucks than yearlings in U.S. Oh, in the buck harvest. Got it. Yeah. So yearly buck harvest has always been pretty high. Oh, it look. Oh, I see. Okay, I get it. So there's a graph on here, and it basically shows that U.S. bucks harvested um, that were mature bucks, three and a half year old or older, actually leveled off in 15, 2015. People are actually shooting bucks that were bigger than yearlings. But in '89, dude, 62 percent were yearlings. Oh my gosh. Jeez. Oh, okay, here's the does. Here's all the does. Top five doe states harvest um, antlerless harvest. Top five states. So Texas had 258,000 in 2015. Georgia had 220,000. Pennsylvania had 178,000. Alabama had 171,000. Wisconsin had 160,000 does harvested. Wow, that's, that's interesting. I, I feel like that might be low. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of low. Hmm. It's declined. Uh, from 20, 2007 to 2015, the doe harvest has actually declined uh, almost just under like 700,000. That's crazy. Wow. I'd have to read this. There's a big article to this. I bet you that's really good information. Let's see what Michigan's got here for deer harvest. And if you're listening yeah, to this podcast... If you listen to this podcast, you want your numbers, just let us know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in the next one. Just just send us a comment saying what state, and we can get into details for your state. But uh, for Michigan, wow, oh, my gosh, 20, oh, man. Okay, estimated antlerless deer harvest. Now, this is kind of funny. Okay, so 2013, 176,000. 2015... 137,000. So we've actually come down. We've actually come down. And our average is like one. Yeah. Our average, though, that can't be right. Oh, from 2010. One, 185 average. But that goes from 2010. Um, now let me go wow. back here. I want to see the buck one again compared to this doe one. Bucks harvested by. Oh, that's age class one. Back one more. Buck harvest for Michigan was. Okay. So, yeah, so that was the, yep. Yeah, so let's say, but for 2015 specific, we shot 190, 192,000 bucks. And 2015 does, we shot 137,000. Wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is insane, dude. Like, come on. Listen, guys, I have no problem hunting and, and getting deer and having fun and all that. I get it. I get it. Don't get me wrong. But why not just shoot a doe? I just don't, I don't see it. A button buck, a spike, a three point, a four point, a little six point even in some cases. What's the point? Like I, I just I guess I'm not really following it. I guess it you know I get that it's easy. Maybe that's the problem, Mike. What do you think? Uh, you know, 
I think I think it's a little bit of both. You know, I think I think I mean you see way more dough. It's just the way it is, and I think people just you know they just want the antlers. And I don't know what it is about Michigan, but you know most of these areas you can if you buy just the regular license, you can see the spike or better. And I feel like a lot of people just do that, and they just shoot the first thing that walks right in front of them. Um, you know, or if they have that combo license too, you know, they're like, oh, I can shoot this small little buck right now and throw one of my tags and I can still have a, you know, another tag for a bigger buck. You know, if he went to one, he had one tag, I think you're going to be a lot pickier. You know, you're not going to be shooting a, a smaller class buck. You're going to be waiting for a bigger one. Yeah, I feel like, sure. I feel like that's part of the problem. I think, I think Michigan's got this big overwhelming issue with deer population that seems to still be pretty high, even though we actually harvest a decent amount. But I think that mm-hmm. a lot of that, the, the DNR is in a weird spot because they have to have deer killed in order to not have collisions and accidents. So I think we're in a, in a weird spot with our state because I think they understand the buck thing. I think they get it. I don't think it's like something they don't understand. I think the problem is for people's safety, they know they have to get more deer killed. So I think we're running into this kind of, um, issue where you know they're trying to do the right thing but they're you know they're not basing it on tourism for deer hunting you know they're basing it on you know we got to get these deer out of the way they're gonna cause accidents people could get killed or hurt which is which is great i get it i totally get it but my thought would be why not do that but do it in a way that like you just said you get one buck tag and then unlimited does you know or Three does, right? Make it somewhere. And actually, yeah. it is kind of unlimited yep. today, to be honest. It really is. You could pull a doe yeah, tag over and over. Certain spots. Yep. You could pull doe tags over and over in private land in Michigan. So I don't see that as really oh, yeah. the issue. I think the issue is, like you said, the main tag for a buck should really only be one for at least. I mean, we really need to make that transition. And I know there's petitions going around for this. I've signed one just recently that was from the thumb. Same here. And, and, and it'd be nice to to see that happen just to test it even if we test it in one region but i think what's going to happen is and i think people don't realize it and they get all flustered and i've been flustered about this concept too but i think what people don't realize will happen is that they're going to go and actually have an amazing hunt someday in their life when they can hunt a, a, a three and a half year old animal that when they see it coming they're like something proud of that extremely proud to hold those horns like it's a different feeling and if you have never held Absolutely. a deer like that it's completely different feeling I, i'm i'm sorry to tell you that if you if you feel like oh no i you know i get that you can't eat the horns but i'm telling you when you take out an animal that's that large and you've hunted it and worked for it it's a different feeling and that's why people are addicted to hunting that's why you see all these people doing podcasts like what we're doing and all this other stuff because you get addicted to that feeling of wanting to chase that that monster and and, and beat it. You want to beat it and, and best it or whatever the word is on top of still having the meat and all yep. that. So it becomes a a, a catch twenty two of, of great things, you know, to let it to let it uh to let it grow. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. You know, until people just don't you know they don't know that feeling, and if they don't, you know, it's because I think we have that culture and mission we've built that you know oh here shoot as many as you want you know and until we change things here in michigan i don't think you know we're going to keep seeing numbers like those stats you just threw out which are absolutely mind-blowing i would never have guessed there was that big of a difference between bucks and does 
harvested. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> that high. That's crazy. That's probably that's gotta be the highest that's gotta be the highest difference like in the country. Oh it, that's it's not a, one of the highest. It's gotta be. If we just took those numbers and sat down and started doing some math with some Excel file and calculations, I mean, I'm sure it's not good, man, compared to like anything else out there. Oh yeah. It's really oh, yeah. bad. But you know, the thing about it, and it's really difficult because it's a fine line that only the state can fix this. And I, I hate to say it that way, but it's true. The state has to yep. step in and change the rule. And the reason I say that is because, look, we don't want to get less people hunting. I, my goal would never be to tell someone, oh, that's a cute little deer you got, and, and razz them in a bad way. Because that's not what I'm trying to do. Like, And believe me, at work, I go to work, and people come up to me and be like, oh, I shot this deer, and it's like a little spike or a button buck or something, you know. And they're excited about it. And so I'm not trying to take that away, and I never would say anything to them in a negative way about it. But my thought is, I just wish I could explain to them what it's like to shoot a deer that's like a 10-point or even an 8-point in some cases, even a a 2.5-year-old buck that's, you know, compared to what they just shot. I always believed in stepping up, right? So one year you shoot a spike. You know, the next year, like one year I was hunting, and I I thought a doe came out, and I had my gun. I was gun hunting. I was with my brother, and this deer goes by, and I have a tag. I shoot this deer. I go up. It's a button buck. I'm like, oh, man. You know, but whatever, yep. I still ate it. It's not like I didn't eat it or I, I threw it out or something stupid. But the point is, I never tried to make that mistake again. You know, I, I like, oh, okay. So I built up from that situation. And from there, uh-huh. I shot a four point and then I shot like a six point and then I shot another six point and then I shot an eight point. And then now, you know, I've shot a 10 point. So now I'm like at the age thing where I'm like, well, I'm not going to shoot just anything. You know, it's got to at least be a 10 or better or eight or better or you know, or something, if it's a buck, you know, if it's a doe, it's a different story. I can fill my freezer pretty fast and still have fun. Yeah, absolutely. And people don't realize does are actually, I mean, I know it don't seem like it sometimes, but those does are smart, man. Like, they're kind of harder to hunt sometimes in a weird way. <laughs> Honestly, I've been busted by way Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> they're unbelievable. And, and actually, yeah. the thing about shooting at a doe is I feel like it's a little bit less stressful, even though it becomes stressful because the way they react and they hear a noise and they're all over you, like, you know, I mean, but it almost comes a little less stressful because if you miss a doe, no one really cares, you know, if like, it's not as big of a deal. If you shoot, you miss a big buck like I did this year, it's a big deal. Like, it still haunts me today. I still think about it. Like, oh man, who else is celebrating over that buck that they shot and I missed it. And, you know, it's and it's a horrible feeling because it's so hard to be in the right place at the right time for these bucks. Um, and when you finally get a chance, the last thing you want to do is choke or, or miss or, and you know, and it's it's hard pill to swallow, to be honest. And it's, you know, but anyway, I just, I really do wish that people could experience that because then they would realize that, you know, it is a building. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a career of hunting. It's not just a hunt. It's the whole thing, you know, it becomes you, you know, like Ron Reslow, he's a great example, man. He don't shoot little deer anymore. He's only shot nice bucks and every year the guy's relentless and he kills a nice buck. I mean, they're always around 120, 130, but for the area he's in, that's all you're going to get. And he knows that there's no, there's a cap. And when you hit that area and you hit the cap, then you know what you got to do. But that doesn't mean he doesn't pass on the rest. He does. He passes on tons of little bucks, you know, over and over. Yeah. It's just control, but you got you got to also understand, this is from bow hunters. I'm talking about bow hunting here. Bow hunting's so hard to get close to a mature deer. It's a whole different. Oh my game. gosh! It's a whole different game. Gun hunting yeah. that is where you should be selective. Gun hunting you should for sure be selective. 
I mean, that gives oh, yeah. you the ability to reach out 300 yards, 400 yards, and 500 yards in some cases. You should be selective yep. as a hunter and not shoot button bucks. And, you know, it's, you know, with a gun, it's just a whole different game. So, anyhow, yeah. moving on to that, speaking of weapons, so in 2015, the U.S. deer harvest by weapon. So, this is interesting. So, what do you think the percentages are? And here's your categories. Firearm, okay. bow, muzzleloader, and other. So it's out of 100%. So you got to kind of try to figure out where you think gun fits in and bow on 100% and then muzzle loader and then other, I assume, is like slingshot or I don't know, <laughs> spear, okay, probably yeah. spear. So this, is this Michigan or is it like? U.S. total. U.S.? Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Take your time. No I'm pressure. Gonna say, I'm going to say firearms. Firearms probably gonna be right around. I'm gonna say like fifty-eight percent. Fair, fair, fair pick. Fair pick. Other, other would probably be like two percent. I'm gonna give it two percent. Oh, that's um, right on. Dang. And I'm gonna go muzzle loader. I'm gonna go like. Probably 5%. And then bow would be probably, what, 35%? If I'm doing my math correctly here? Yeah, 35%. Very close, my friend. You were very close. Um, This is very interesting facts here we're about to read, but uh, you were right on on the other with 2%. That was perfect. Muzzle loader, you were off. It's 10%. Okay. So, and then firearm, which is the biggest category, was 66%. Okay. And bow was 22%. So, um, actually pretty much in line with what I thought. I was thinking bow would be 25%, but the more I think about it, it's extremely niche. And I think that... you know, this is like bow hunting, bow hunter planet, all this stuff. It's it's really niche. And when I say that, I mean we have a, a great uh, amount of businesses and companies in the industry of bow hunting, but it's still very small. And and when companies like Under Armour come into the archery area, it's a big deal because they're a big, big brand. You know, they're way bigger than uh-huh. archery as, as a whole. Absolutely. Um, but that's why I think you don't see a lot from companies like them because if they're so big, they kind of focus on the 66% gun market. And archery just happens yep. to fall in there as hunting. Um, but, yeah, the gun market's monstrous. It's 66% of outdoor hunting. Oh, yeah. Uh, and basically, you can add muzzle loader, so really it's 77, 76%, because uh, that's still a gun type thing. So, And 2% has to be like... See, I don't know if bow includes crossbow. That's be my only question on the word bow. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Because this is 2015. A lot of those bows just came in around 2015 being legal. Yep. I have to look here. A lot of I have to look here and see. I have to look here and see if they have any description of the word bow. And I'm looking here. I'm not seeing where they have bow. Surprisingly, firearm hunters in the northeast. Oh, yeah, here. So now they have a little bit more detail. This is interesting, too. Top five states. With uh, the highest percentage of harvest by bow, what do you think those states okay. are? Okay. Highest percentage of harvest by bow? Yeah. So top five states, and this is in 2015, but um, I will give you a hint. Um, 
let's see, two Midwest states and it looks like two, three Eastern states. Now let, let's think about that real quick. Let's just take one moment to pause. The most bow hunters are on the East and Midwest coast of the world, of the U.S. Interesting. Okay. Okay, for Midwest, I would say Ohio. Yes. Um, and I would say it's a toss-up between Indiana and Illinois. Oh, you're Ohio. so hot. Oh, yes, too right. Okay. And then you said the rest were on the east? Yep, east coast, east coast yep. One of them, I never would East coast in general or like northeast or just east coast? All northeast, all northeast. All Northeast? Okay. It's going to be crazy, but I'm going to say New York. Nope. Close, nope. though. Okay. Very um, close. Just think Sopranos. <laughs> uh, New Jersey. New Jersey, which is crazy. I never would have thought that. Yeah. That, that, that is surprising. The other two are 100% blue states. <laughs> I'm, just trying to think what, I'm just trying to think what other ones could be over there. I think Bill Clinton's from this state. No, he's not. He's from Arkansas. Forget it. But these two are these two are extremely blue Democratic states, which is interesting. Uh, yeah, that's why I probably don't know them. <laughs> Kentucky and Massachusetts. Um, oh, Kentucky. <laughs> Kentucky makes sense. Okay. <clears throat> no, I said it wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said that wrong. Connecticut. Sorry. Connecticut. 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 That's surprising yep, too. Top five from. From uh, highest to lowest is New Jersey at 57%, Connecticut at 50%, Massachusetts at 45%, Ohio at 44%, and Illinois at 37%. Now, I would bet, this is just my two cents, but I would bet New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts probably have not a lot of gun land. They probably have more bow areas than they do gun. Mm-hmm. I bet you it's oh, more yeah. urban. Oh, yeah. And there's more archery areas like here, even where I'm at in the city, uh, you know, not too far from here, you can do archery like closer to home than you can gun. Gun, you have to get out an extra like five miles from where you can shoot archery. So it opens up a lot of doors. And that's why I bet these are. That's why I would bet any money. That's why these ones are so high. Except for Ohio. Except for Ohio, Illinois. That one's, those are actually amazing. Oh, yeah. All right, so top five states by gun, rifle, or shotgun. This is oh hard. Gosh. Oh, man. Top five states by gun. Now, you got to remember, the open plains, and, you know, this is more western, I would say, than anything. But there's some east on here, some mid, some midwest, some east. No, I'm sorry. No midwest in this one. East, there's one eastern, uh, and the rest are west and south. West and South, okay. This is gonna be hard. One gotta be, one gotta be Texas. Texas is number three at ninety percent. Okay. Um, what about Kansas? No. No. Okay. Um, you said there was one Eastern state. Hmm. Yeah, very surprising actually. I'm very surprised. This one is not what I never would have thought would have been in here. It's going to be, okay, so it's going to be, like, pretty random on there? Mm. Yeah, that one's going to be very hard for you to get. But it's on the water. It's on the it's on the ocean. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Part of it. I mean, part of it touches the ocean. Man, I don't even, 
Huh. I'm trying to think what other states it would be. Over in the West. Um, One of them's known for potatoes. <laughs> bro, Idaho. Yeah, Idaho's number one in 94%. Really? Animals taken by gun. Okay. And okay. the other one's right by it. These other ones are, there's a couple, there's a couple around it. What about, like, Montana? No, but I would have said that one. That was what I was thinking, and it's not on here. I was very surprised yeah. by that. Um, what about either of the Dakotas? No. No. No? No, sir. I'm sure they're in here. They're just not in the top five. This is just the top five specific. So you got Idaho at, at number one. You didn't get the second one, but you got Texas at number three. South Carolina. Yeah. South Carolina's number four. I'm just going to give you that one because you ain't never going to get it. Okay. Which is weird. Yeah. How the heck is South Carolina a big gun hunting state? I just never would have thought that. That's, that's, yeah, I would never have guessed that. I would never... You know, I would have said Georgia before I said South Carolina or something. Yeah, it's um, weird. And the other one's the marijuana state, which is crazy. <laughs> Colorado. Colorado. Number five. Yeah, that's interesting. The one you missed that... I'm Wyoming? Not, yes, Wyoming. Yep, that's number two. So okay. that's 93. So Idaho's 94% uh, animals taken by uh, harvest by rifle or shotgun. Wyoming's 93% wow. of the animals they take are with. And, and okay, some of these I'm not surprised by. Like Texas is probably really hard to shoot a deer with a bow. I mean, a lot yeah. of times they shoot down those long, open, cut-out cactus things. You know, I, I can see that. There's no trees. I mean, how would you... Um, yeah. Colorado's yeah. surprising, though. Absolutely. Colorado surprises me because they have a lot of trees, a lot that of mountains. Surprising. But then again, I guess with the mountains, you can shoot across them with a rifle. So I, I don't know. Yeah. All right, so this next one is top states percentage of harvest by muzzle loader. So oh, this one's really hard. I'm just going to go through it because I don't think you're going to get it, but it's very yeah. it's very difficult. But I'll let you guess it, one it, of them. Yeah. I'll let you guess one. They have a top six on here, but there's not many. I mean, there's not it, many states here. Give, give me a region at least. It's all over. The, these are all over the place. Well, everything's, place. everything's east, uh, Midwest and east. Uh, I'm gonna south say, two, south two. South two. I'm gonna say I'm gonna throw this out there. What about Kansas? No, Kansas don't make the cut. No. Just muzzleloader. Oh, just muzzleloader. This is just muzzleloader. Man, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. This is, is so. Them. This is so this random. Be hard. Forty-four percent of deer harvested in Rhode Island are taken with a muzzleloader. Twenty-two percent. That makes sense. 22% Tennessee. Huge difference there, though. Twenty-two By 22%. Yeah. So Rhode Island basically uses muzzleloaders for most of their deer kills. That's crazy. Um, Indiana. I guess there was a Midwest. I just missed that one. Indiana, 20%. Virginia, 20%. Delaware, 19%. Maryland, 19%. And New Hampshire, 19 A lot more hunting in the east than I thought, northeast. I'm, I didn't know all that um, area had a lot yeah. of hunting. I've been to Maryland and... Uh, I was there last summer, and it was beautiful. I, I actually did some photography out there with my my son and uh, and my wife, just because it was so nice out there. I'm like, I gotta get some pictures while I'm here. This is beautiful. And they had a lot of hilly, rocky trains and rivers, and it was really nice. And I was thinking, man, it'd be awesome to hunt here. It'd be a lot of fun. But kind of the train was nothing like Colorado, but compared to Michigan, it was it was a little bit rough. You know, it was a lot of hills, and you're not used to yeah. walking a hill like that. It could get you, you know, after time. 
Alright, so this leads us to okay, so now here's all the actual details. Percentage of deer harvest by weapon type. Let's see, Michigan. Where are you? Alright, so Michigan says they killed 34% of their deer in 2015 by bow, 60% by gun or rifle, shotgun or gun, 6% by muzzleloader, and 3% by oh I'm sorry, 0% by other. So I guess, um, I guess that makes sense. I don't know. I guess we have a lot more gun hunters than bow hunters, which makes sense to me. Yeah. Not very surprising there. Um, no. Hmm. Yeah, that muscle loader one's a little bit interesting. I was surprised by that. Yeah. Whoa. What the heck? Antlered buck... Buck, okay, five states with the highest antlered buck bag limit. What the heck? What's that mean? Like, they, they're they allowed to take more than two bucks? Yeah, it is. Oh, my Maybe gosh. Listen two, to this. More, more, than, more than two? Yeah, listen. Five states with the highest antlered buck bag limits. Florida. Oh Florida has no limit. No limit, dude. No limit, it says. Oh, my gosh. Connecticut's... Wait a minute. I'm just trying to make sure this doesn't mean, like, how many how many horns. Yeah. Potential deer hunters in North... Killing a buck is is on the mind of potentially a primary goal for most white-tailed deer hunters in North America. While they go afield... And the antlered buck limit per, limit per hunter dictates exactly how many can be legally harvested in a hunting season. Okay, yeah, this is so. This is how many they can kill. So in Florida, they have zero limit. You can kill as many as you want, but they must not see a lot, you know. I mean, come on. Yeah. I, I well, I do they? I mean, are the these are all white tails we're talking about, right? Let me make sure. This is. I'm assuming it's white tail deer. Anyways, Connecticut's got six plus, which I don't know what the plus means. I'm not sure I understand that. Uh, New Jersey's six. South Carolina's five plus, and South Dakota's five plus. I guess you don't want to hunt in any of those states. <laughs> Gosh. That's insane. Can you imagine you get five bucks in one year? Jeez. Oh, yeah, this is accurate. Michigan says two and two. 2016, the limit was two. Yep. All right, so ask yep. me the ones that we think would never you know, have more than one. Let's see if we can figure it out. Let's go uh, Midwest. Illinois says two. I thought they had one. No, that can't be. I'm pretty Illinois one. Indiana's got one. Iowa's got two. Kansas has one. Kentucky has one. Michigan has two. Minnesota has one. Missouri has two. Nebraska has two. North Dakota has three. Ohio has one. Ohio has one. That makes sense. South Dakota's got five plus. Wisconsin's got two. Interesting. So Wisconsin is like us, okay. So I think the issue might not be that you can kill two bucks. It might just be that the buck you kill has to be a certain size. Yeah. I don't know. I would suggest that the buck limit should be one and the size should be. Or you do one, uh, or you'd start the first one at four plus, right? I don't know, man. That's tricky. I'm surprised. So if you do... If you do keep the two, so you're saying like if you do keep the two buck rule, the first buck you take has to be four plus. 
they have to take a mature buck first. I, I guess you have to take them both. I, I, I still think you need one, and one has to be four or better. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think you just. I think we need to go down to the one. Just do one, one right? Buck a year. Yeah, because I, I mean, if I get a little small six point, if I have one buck tag, let's say they restrict it to three plus. I have a little six point come in front of me. Am I gonna want to shoot it? No, I'm gonna want to wait for something potentially bigger in Michigan. But like I said, you know, right now as as it is, it's gonna be very tempting for most hunters to, oh, I got a little six point. Let me burn up my, you know, my little buck tag, and then I can still have wait for a booner to come out later on in the season. I now I got meat in my freezer. Yeah. So. It's just too tempting for people, I think, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, this is an interesting fact here. Uh, states, Providence is with the longest length requirement for antlered buck. This is really weird. It's Nebraska, their oh length, length requirement is greater than six inches for any buck. Wow. So how would you know that? I mean, that's not the easiest thing, like, for a kid or something to figure out. No. I mean, I think I could figure it out that, in my that, hand. man. So that's interesting, though. So that means what they did is you can kill two bucks in Nebraska, but they got to be six or better inches. Less than or greater than six. Colorado's five. Florida's five. So that fixes Florida's. It was unlimited bucks, but you got to be five inches or bigger. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. But a spike could be not six bad. inches. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. You know, I've seen some big, I've, I've seen some tall spikes, you know, and I guess that's where it would backfire on you, you know, potentially. Here's a good question for you. Changing subjects slightly, but which okay. states, which states have uh, no orange requirement for gun hunters? Oh, my God. There's only a couple. This is really hard. But, which um, state? Yeah, I'm going to give you some hints. Okay. Um, all right, let's start with the South. Okay, let's just start the with south? the South, okay, because that's the easiest one. Okay. This, this state has had at least two U.S. presidents come from it, and they do not have an orange requirement, and they're a pretty big state. Pretty much the only state to not have an orange requirement in the south that I can see. This is south southeast. Sorry, this is south southeast. South southeast. This is south and southeast. Yeah. Let's go with. Man, I'm torn between the two. I'm, I'm just gonna say Georgia. Georgia has an orange requirement. Okay. South Carolina? They they label theirs as sometimes, which I don't know what that means. This hat, coat, and vest only <laughs> on public lands, that's why. So, yes, they do on public lands, but not on private, which is interesting. Oh, okay. Hmm. Two U.S. presidents, yeah. at least. There might be more, but I, I could think of two. And this this state was one of the only states to ever have a U.S. president assassinated on their oh, land. Oh man, I should know this. 
Oh, you should know this one. This is there's only been a couple of U.S. presidents ever assassinated. So, <laughs> come on, Mike. <laughs> oh, um, not a. You ever not seen Mississippi? Is it? You ever seen JFK? Mississippi. John F. Kennedy did not die in Mississippi, Mike. Come on. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know all Texas. Stuff. Come on, Dallas. Don't you remember that? How's that south, southeast? I said south and southeast. Come on. <laughs> uh, miscommunication on the... Uh... <laughs> so, yes, Texas has no orange requirements. Interesting. Hmm. I guess that makes sense. It's, so much it's just so large. Land. I don't think it really matters. Yeah. How, about in the nor- how about in the northeast? This would include like Connecticut, Delaware, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, uh-huh. Vermont, Virginia, West Virginia. Two of these states have no orange requirement. Two of those states? Yeah, this is going to be so hard. You might as well just guess because you're not going to. It's just a guess. Uh, Maine? No. No. They have um, Connecticut. Yes, they have a requirement. Dang, I don't know. I'll just tell you because there's no way I, I would never know. Yeah. New Hampshire does not, and Vermont neither have an orange requirement. Oh, right next to one. Uh, this okay. one's a little closer to you, so you should maybe know this one. In the Midwest, which state does not have an orange requirement out of the Midwest states? Which include Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, North Dakota, Ohio, South Dakota, and Wisconsin? Wisconsin does, Minnesota has to, Ohio probably does. Doing well, doing well. You said, uh, I don't know, um, Iowa? I don't know. Lucky guess, but it's not right. Okay. <laughs> the answer is none of them. They all have an orange requirement. It was a trick okay, question. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Um, Which, okay, here's some good questions. This one, this is really going to be, this one should not be hard for you. Which of these Midwest states has a football team called the Wolverines? Michigan. Okay. Which one has a a football team called the Buckeyes? Uh, Unfortunately, Ohio. Yes, you're right. I was trying to get to some harder questions, but people listening to this drive around in Arizona or something might not know. So I figured I should throw in some college football questions for fun. Um, all right, so let's, I'll just throw out the rest of them. Arizona in the West does not have an orange requirement. Idaho does not have an orange requirement. New Mexico, uh, going into Canada, British Columbia, Alberta, none of those have orange. But unfortunately, Ontario and Quebec do, which is where we bear hunt, so that stinks. And there's always some weird amount of stuff. Um, States requiring the most fluorescent orange during firearms deer seasons are Colorado, Georgia, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Florida, Kentucky, Mississippi, and Tennessee. 
So if you live in one of those states, I sorry, you need to wear the brightest orange possible, it sounds like to me. <laughs> oh, man, Mike, I mean, we won't go through any more. We'll stop here today on those because this goes on forever. I'm only on page like 17 of 50, 60. So there's a lot more. We're going to cover that in a different episode, and it's not a Sunday night. And um, Sounds good. Let's... Uh, Shift gears real quick here for a couple more minutes. Um, Inside Archery. So I was just looking at their latest catalog that came in. And so, Mike, what are you excited about this year so far from the bows you've seen? Oh, which bows in particular? Yeah, is there something the you're, you're kind of excited about? Yeah, exactly, for the 18 stuff. Oh, man. You know, I'm... I'm really, I'm really intrigued by Bear's line, Bear Archery's new line. The, the Kuma looks pretty sweet. I'm not gonna lie. Um, and then I'm also pretty intrigued by the new Matthews, of course. Um, that was pretty awesome. And then um, Garden's new Spectre E looks pretty cool too. Um, Supposedly, they've corrected the problem with um, cam lean um, with this bolt. At least that's what they say. But yeah, I think uh, I haven't shot it yet, so I don't know. Um, but uh, going back to your original um, pick of bear, and that's a great option this year. I, I was blown away by the Kuma and the power of that bow. And if you watch the speed test that we did, it is the fastest bow out of all of them because actually the bow was shooting uh-huh. at 68 pounds. I wasn't even hitting the 70 and 71 like the other bows, and it was blowing them out of the water. So that bow is stellar fast um, for its weight and, and what you're getting out of it. And the designs are awesome. I, I've been really, I was really excited uh, to get that Kuma. I'm actually excited. We're supposed to get the rest of that lineup coming soon for Test Lab. I'm very pumped to get our hands on the rest of it um, and their crossbows. That's going to be exciting to test out. Uh, Matthews, yes, that bow is great, and uh, you should be intrigued by it. it that that uh, Triax is um, definitely a force to be reckoned with this year, uh, as well as the Realm from Bowtech. Those bows, man, they're sweet. Um, oh, yeah. And then also the Darton. So the Darton, you know, it, it, I, I don't I don't know because I don't have it yet. Um, I was hoping to test it. I'm interested as well as everybody else in this new system. Uh, and it's supposed to be really new technology for them, so I don't, and for the industry, so it's a little bit tricky getting our hands on it right away because they're um, making sure everybody understands it first. There's been a lot of, you know, on how they're going to do it. So, anyway, the other thing I was interested in talking about, and I've, you know, I've never had a chance to shoot one of these, but I don't know if you might have or may not, but the Gearhead Archery. You ever I shot have, one of those? I've, I've heard of them and I've seen them. I've never shot one. Yeah, I'm interested, man. I really want to get these guys on the show. I'm disappointed I haven't been able to get them on yet. Uh, we've had had some minor talks with them, but they got such a sweet lineup, and um, I, I'm I just curious because it's so weird looking. I, I'm not gonna lie, it looks so odd to me. But in the same sense, I'm curious how fast going through the chrono, how much power. Um, I even kind of want to hunt with one just to see. You know, it's just it looks so interesting to me. I mean, yeah, I'm on their site right now. I mean, what would be interesting to me would be, you know, their compound, because they're so compact, you know, you could probably hunt out of any pop-up line. Oh, for sure. With one of those. With I, one of those. I'm curious like, on no this. no restrictions. 
The one all the way to the, well, I'm looking at a magazine, you're looking at the website, but they have one now, it looks like the, the limbs go upward. Um, I don't know if you see yeah, that one on there. Yeah, that's their biggest one, yeah, they go upward. Yeah. Is there stats on that on, while you're looking at that? How big it is, like um, length, axle, big. axle? I bet you 20. Um, X, the one that curves up? Yes. You're talking about? Yes. Um, if that's the T30, which I think it is, because, yeah, looking at this. T30 set is 30 and a half, axle to axle. Wow, that's a lot longer than I would have thought. Interesting. Yeah, it's like, that's like almost, yeah. That's like a bow. Yeah, that's pretty big. The, well, the tracks yeah, is then, smaller uh, than that. <laughs> that's interesting. So, so their sizes right here, so they got, in their T in their T versions, I don't know what the difference between, there's four T's and then one M version. So the T30 is 30 and a half, axle axle. T24 is, 24 and a half, T20 is 20 and a half, T18 is 18 and a half, and then the M30 is 30.5, 30 and a half. Yeah, we got to get one of these in-house. In I got to play with this. I, I think I'd rather take one in the middle. I don't think I'd want the smallest or the largest, but I think in the middle makes the most sense. Um, just because so I, I think the little longer you go, the more accurate it's going to be, but that's just my two cents at this point. I'm just looking at it. So, I'm looking at their IBOs and their kinetic energy. Um, so, the T30 says it comes at 325, and then the kinetic energy on that is 78 feet, you know, 70, 78 pounds, you know. Yeah. And then 355 for the T24, 335 for the T20, 325 for the T18, and the M30 has 340. So they have pretty high IDOs, according to them. Yeah. Uh, and a, a lot of these are cranked all the way up. So one's at 84, 62 to 65, and then 75 and 78. Hmm. Yeah, this looks interesting. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, To be honest, when I first saw it, I didn't really think it'd be around too long, to be honest, because it's just so different. Um, but since I still see them advertising sure. stuff, obviously something's working, I, you know. I'm surprised. I mean, if you're looking at their price tags, too. How much are they? They're not cheap. <laughs> How much do you think they are? Well, when you said that, I guess I'm going to have to rearrange my thought process. Probably at least 1000 Uh The cheapest one I see on their website right now is is 1300 Wow. What's the most expensive? Uh, 2000 Jeez. Oh, man. That's and hard. That's, one that's that, a hard one to chew, that's the, you know. That's the M30 that curves upwards. I guess that's the model that curves upwards, the one that you were just talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. So no offense to that company, but that's hard to chew. You know, you're a new company. You got something different, Dude, cool. I get it. How much does that weigh? How much does that thing weigh? I bet you it's still not that light. Which one? The one that curves up? Yeah. Okay, so the one that curves up is 3.8 pounds. So, yeah, it's the same weight as a real bow. I mean, really... So, oh, wait, wait, wait. They offer aluminum and they offer carbon in all these models. Whoa. How much is that carbon 2000? Is that the one that's two? Or is that uh, even more? Well, let me look. Let me click on this. I was just looking at their chart here. So, it looks like weight, so they have weight aluminum and weight carbon underneath all of these, all of their models. So, that M30 is 3.8 in aluminum and then 3.1 in carbon. Nice. 
And that's two thousand dollars. Yep, it's two thousand dollars carbon fiber. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's still hard to chew, right? Because you, you're talking, you 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 have something that looks different, smaller, but in the same sense, you're telling me that I can go spend the same amount of money and buy a Matthews or a Bowtech that's been around the company, the industry, a long time with warranties that are stand behind. You know, that's just hard to chew. I don't know. You have to be well, one of those. Well, you can. You can buy a Matthews and deck it out with the best gear, too. That's that what I'm saying. You, you have to be one of those people who really want to be different or have a new, just want something different mm-hmm. that's different and new, like the Raven crossbow. You know, people want to spend $1,700 for that crossbow. You know, no offense to Raven, but that's a lot of money for a crossbow when I can buy an Excalibur, a Striker, a Darton, and get just as good quality and power. You know, why would I, why oh, would yeah. you spend that? And people spent it because, you know, they, they walked in with something different. And, and to be honest, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money to spend on a crossbow. I, I would never, yeah, there's no way. That's insane. There's no way. Me. I had a buddy, I had a buddy who just bought one. I said, man, I don't know how. He's I, like, what do you got? I'm like, I got an Excalibur, man. And that thing, you know, I blows just my mind. as well as that. They've sold a lot of crossbows, man. I, it blows my mind, and I understand that it looks cool, and it's but it's a big bow. It's not small. That thing's long, um, you know. And, it, and I, you know, we've had it in our hands once. We shot it, did some minor testing on it, but you know, it, and it was fine. It's just it's not my cup of tea. You know, I would never take a bow that long out. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. I, I want something compact and small. Exactly, and it seems like everyone, especially in the crossbow market now, everyone is, you know, advertising, hey, you know, you can shoot out to 100 yards and hit the target with this crossbow. Yeah. I, I, I don't care what I'm shooting. I'm not going to shoot 100 yards exactly. here with a crossbow. Yeah, well, once you put you're the broadhead... Head, penetration. You, I don't care <laughs> what you're shooting. Once you add that broadhead, sorry, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> no. Good luck. Um, but, uh, you know, the... I would say that what I think is happening, Mike, in that situation, what I really honestly, truly think is happening is people are, are, are gun hunters and other stuff. They walk into a field and stream, they walk into a Cabela's, and they say, I want the best crossbow you got. Of course, they're going to turn and say, well, I got this one for $1,700 right here. It's the best one in the yeah. market. That's not true. It is not the best crossbow in the market. That's no, number one. Absolutely not. And that's the problem. They're they're being swindled in their mind because of the price tag for some reason. And the, the shop owners are saying it's the. But I'm telling you, that's exactly what's happening. And they're turning and, and saying, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, I want the biggest, baddest crossbow I can get." And I get it. You want you know people like the best of everything. Yep. The problem in this situation is that's not a true statement. That's not the best crossbow in the market. Um, not saying it can't be a contender. I'm just saying there's no such thing as the best. Number one. Number two. Um, no. there's bows that compare with it. No problem. And we did it in our testing. Um, no issue. Mm-hmm. Our bows competed, all these other bows competed against it. No problem. And I'd say the same for the other bows is not like Excalibur's not the best bow in the market. Barnett's not the best bow in the market. I mean, they all have a good no. one. And my point is that's just a lot of money. It's all I'm trying to say. And it's okay that, you know, if you want to spend your money on it, you like the way it looks, you like the predator camo and all that. Cool. That's fine, you know. It's absolutely. I get it. People buy a carbon Hoyt bow for you know sixteen hundred dollars. They could have bought a Hoyt steel bow for a thousand. You know, they could have saved their money, or they could have bought a Matthews or whatever. So, 
It's cool. I mean, I, I get it. I just, I don't like when people think they're just buying it because it's the best bow. That bothers me because it's like, dude, I wish you really understood. <laughs> it's what just happened to you. <laughs> you lost Yeah, and, you know, I think, I think part, you know, it's, you hit it, you know, right on where you said, you know, people who are gun hunters are going in there, hey, I want to get into archery. Uh, I love to rifle hunt. I want to crossbow. Give me the fastest and best bow out there. You know, of course, the salesman, like you said, is going to be like, here, this is yep. $1,700. There you go, buddy. You know, it's shooting, it's shooting 400, 400 feet per second, you know, whatever that. I don't I don't know how fast the yeah. rate shoots. I think it's over 400, right? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it's for some. I don't know. Yeah, remember, some, but... somewhere in there. It's probably one of the fastest ones on the market. You but know? I think if it's you, just... I feel like if you go into a pro shop, that wouldn't happen. Like if you went into a, no, like... if you go into a pro shop, absolutely not. That's what I'm saying. An archery area where people know archery, I don't think that would happen. I think, I think the boost for them was the gun hunters. I think that came out of nowhere. I think they boost the yep. market. And I, I don't want to act like I know a lot about Raven. I don't. We shot it basically, and I don't even think I was fully a part of that video that was done. But they did, you know, we filmed basically a quick scenario against these head-to-head crossbows for fun and really just to see what it would do, and it did really well. In fact, I plan to do more of that kind of stuff. It, it draws a lot of negative attention, too, but I don't really care. Like, I feel like if you don't have negative attention, you don't get the video viral views that you get if you have negative um, and all the Raven mm-hmm. people like went nuts on us on that video, and I don't know why, because they they act like we did something different. Then we we cocked their crossbow and shot through a chronograph. <laughs> That's it, and it didn't hit the numbers they said it should hit, and they blame us like it's our fault. All we did is cock a crossbow, yeah. fire it through a chronograph. And I'm not sure how that's our fault that their bow doesn't hit the numbers they, they advertise, but whatever. But they were they were tearing us up on Archie Talk and all these other things. We don't care. Go ahead. I, I you know. People chimed in for us on there, and they said, oh, no, it's BS. These guys are awesome, and da-da-da, you know. So I, I'm not afraid of what we've done in this industry. We've done a great job, and we're trying to be as truthful uh-huh. as possible on everything and, 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 you know, show everything we can. It's hard to show everything because you have hours of footage in most cases that's waste, and you're not gonna, no one in their right mind is going to want to see a video that has a guy walking around getting things ready to shoot through a chrono stop have to pull the arrow out redo everything take time reset the camera fire it's not going to happen so we have to cut you there's no, no way around it um you know most of the time what we found is that people really don't give a rat's butt about any of the stuff they just they just want to see something cool so that's why we did that 400 yard shot this year or whatever it was the 356 whatever yep. and right away there's people oh you know I already shot further than that da 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 so you see their video they put a link or something and it's just a joke I mean the video's a joke there's no proof there's nothing in there you see like a rangefinder looking at the ground and it shows 405 I have no idea what that means like is it even on the subject is it like it's just that my point is is when you do these things you know we, we actually submitted that shot for a Guinness World Record and when you do these things, you have to have a lot of evidence. Like, you can't just act like it's 405 and you shot a 405 shot. You know, it's got to be, you need cameras, yeah. you need to be able to prove it, you need someone else there. You, you know, there's got to be some sort of documentation. You know, this is for a record. Mm-hmm. This isn't for... So, anyhow, I'm excited because th- this is one of our plans this year in our, our uh, video lineup is to work on these kinds of videos. It's part of our, um, kind of our plan for 18 for our video. We wanted to actually cut back on the hunting segments and actually work more on these things. Um, which is exciting because I think it's kind of like all hands yeah. on deck day and you get to go out and break some records and have fun. So our goal now is to get through Guinness and um, we want to start working like a dude perfect concept through Guinness and 
kind of look at like, okay, what records have been broken for archery? Let's break them all. You know, let's go in and redo everything. We got shooters that can shoot. We got the gear. We got the companies on board to help us get us the gear we don't have. Let's go for it. You know, because no one else yeah. in history is going to do what we're able to do. That's the truth. There's no other bow hunter planet out there. It never has been. There never will be after this. There's nothing that's been in this no. realm, in this size, and has the ability that we have and the connection. So for us to go out and do a 400-yard shot, yeah, we're going to get sponsors to do it with us, and yeah, we're going to promote them. So like, there's been probably 50 to 100 negative comments about how we sold out on that video with sponsors and blah, blah, blah. But I always kind of forget that people forget that this world is capitalism, and if I'm not making money or trying to make money, then I can't do this. And if I'm not going to go out there and spend days of my time filming that and editing that video, you better be sure that sponsors are getting their pay and they're getting their promotion in that video. No doubt about it. You know, I mean, you, you, you know, you don't see shots like that if it's not going to be promoted. And to be honest, I tried to do it in a funny way in that video and I thought it was funny. Some people thought it was funny, no problem. Majority of people thought it was no problem, but there's probably 20% of people who, you know, had to say negative stuff and, oh, geez, what else is going to be sponsored on here? And this is just an advertisement and blah, blah, blah. So you're always going to get that, though. Oh, that's you're horrible. always going to get the bulls come out of nowhere, the keyboard warriors come out of nowhere, you know. Oh, and that's the problem. You get hit by, in that video, it sucks because people don't realize we're not really sponsored by any bow company. And in that video, we had, you know, Bowtech took that spot. It's basically a buying an ad spot, yeah. basically. And we did actually choose Bowtech before they chose us. We said, well, look, they won these awards. Let's try their bow. Let's see if they'd be interested. So they said yes, and they provided the bows to do it. It wasn't like a simple, oh, but I guess my thing is, like, if I'm, if I'm just an average person going to do that, am I going to really drop, you know, two grand on bows like it makes no sense i'm not gonna go do you know how many arrows we had to buy get for that we had to get like dozens I, of arrows like five dozen I arrows can't, i can't even imagine and B- black eagle supported us with five dozen i mean that's a lot of arrows to just give us and never get back and just get they get destroyed i mean you miss they hit the ground the fletchings come off you hit a rock they blow oh, up yeah. uh we had one where he pulled back the bow I and mean, he's got one of those um he's chris was using a I'm just, I'm, my mind went blank on the release. The, uh, you know, it makes the click. Totally forgot the name of it for some reason. So there's no button. Oh. There's no button on it. You know, it's just a, it's a, it's yeah. just a quick. I can't know why I'm blanking out. This is ridiculous. Um, okay. So he's using a release that doesn't have a button, and I can't think of the name of it because it's pathetic right now, and I always know this stuff. Anyway, when during the draw cycle, at one point he was just getting tired. I'm sure, and it, it actually came off and flew. Just through the air, like into the woods, you know? I'm like, oh my gosh, you know? So, and it was like halfway through the cycle and it just went off, you know? So, there's a lot of stuff, man. There's gas bunny, there's getting people. I mean, we filmed that three hours from here, from where we are. So, we had to drive out there with like eight people and spend a day doing that with kids in the house. I mean, it was so hard, man. And, uh, you know, we did a couple years before that, we did the 200 yard crossbow shot at the time. It broke all the records and it was actually the worst experience filming that because it was so long we spent hours we were there at 6 a.m and we didn't finish there till like 2 p.m or 3 p.m and we had the wind the wind kicked up and we didn't have more than one day to film and same scenario we had sponsors for that one and the wind kicked up and everything went to hell i mean the the arrows were flying left and right the target he couldn't be precise because every shot would change because the wind would blow it left or right it was so difficult, and uh, the day we did Chris's the the three fifty six that was a difficult day that was horrible. 
Um, the machine broke down. We couldn't get back and forth the 400 yards at first, and so we couldn't make it. So we had to adjust. So now Chris is actually, we're working with, I, I don't know if we're going to work with Bowtech on the next one, but we're still working on getting it ready for the longer. We want to break our own record now. And so Chris has like an idea in his mind about how he can get more distance. So the goal now is to get the max distance possible. Um, whether it's 80 pound bow or 60 pound bow, we don't know yet, you know, or what we need to get there. Mm-hmm. So now the goal is, okay, you know, how do we beat our own record? It, it, you know, what's it going to take? What bow can do it? Can any bow do it, or is there a specific bow that really would provide more horsepower in the cam um, to get there? And then, are those companies interested, right? Because I'm not going to go spend my own money again, like I said. So, um, if they say no, then we move on to the next company who might be interested. I mean, my top ones in my mind that I would ask this year uh, would probably be Bear, uh, Bowtech, um, possibly Expedition. No, I'm sorry, not Expedition, but uh, Obsession. So those would be my top three that I actually am kind of eyeing right now to, to make a decision on um, that. But I also have other things in the works that we're working on that we don't, we're not going to tell anybody yet, but other things that are going to require other bows. So uh, even if they don't do the long distance, there's other areas they're going to be put into um, to do other stuff that we're trying to do with bows that I think would be really funny and, and actually pretty cool. Should be a fun year. Should be a fun Sounds year. Sounds awesome. And... Uh, yeah, so I hope you're ready, man. You're going to have to be helping us. I'm sure there's going to be days. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> good, man. You know I'm always game for that. Uh-huh. We're going to have to, we'll probably do some filming this year at the hunt camp, too, up there that you guys go to, so that'll be fun. I'll let you know. Uh, John, I'll let you know when we go there. And uh, we did some photos there last year, there at the end of the year. That was a lot of fun. Um, I shouldn't say last yeah. year, this year. Uh, a couple months ago. Um, beautiful. That place is so gorgeous, man. It's unbelievable. Oh. Uh. It's, it is it is amazing. It is. It's, it's like you're in a different probably state. Some of the best, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's probably some of the best land that I've hunted in Michigan. Oh, it's beautiful. There's so many different um, types of land there, which I find awesome. Uh, it's just oh, yeah. when you get into this hunt camp, it all of a sudden like goes from hardwood to like open plain to pine rows to uh, you know just a, a, a swamp. There's just so many different aspects to it. It's very interesting. And yeah. when you're doing photography outdoors, it makes it, it makes for a beautiful, awesome day because it gives you the ability to really change scenes very easily and fast. And when we did it there, we actually only used a half portion of the lots. And so next time we go, we had another 200 acres to work with. We didn't even touch. And that's the other thing. So I, oh, yeah. I'm excited to get back and um, you know try to get some more but i want to go during a different season you know like tim's talking about going soon to go get maybe get snow in there you know um get yeah. some cool snow picks we got a new four-wheeler i like to get that thing going you know out there and, and show that going through snow with a hunter and you know maybe we can kill a doe while we're out there or something right and put it right on that thing it'd be sick <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyhow all right man well hey thanks for chatting with me tonight and uh if you're listening to the podcast go to bonerplant.com to learn more uh, about what we do and uh mike and i'll see you guys next time on the show and uh hey have a great night and safe travels we'll see you next time if i'm remembering right i was probably 14 maybe 15 years old the first time someone questioned why i hunt it was a little girl from down the street she could see my deer hanging on the back side of our home as she walked to the bus stop that morning It was a small six-point I had taken the evening before, my second buck with a bow. 
Dad and I had plans to skin and process it after school that day. I don't remember the extent of what she said exactly. In fact, I probably toned her out after she started using words like cruelty and murder to divine hunting. And I remember I wasn't embarrassed and I certainly wasn't ashamed of my accomplishment as she launched a barrage of insults at me. I wasn't mad at her, I didn't feel the same hate for her that she had for me at that moment. What I really thought is how on earth could someone not support honey? A couple of decades later I realized that maybe we do have something in common with that little girl at the bus stop that morning. That's our love for wildlife, the beauty of nature, and how passionate we are about preserving this great resource and passing it on to our next generation. I think the difference is nobody's ever shown her or she just hasn't taken the time to learn what hunting really is, the importance of conservation, and how important it is for the future of wildlife. She may view this as a cold, heartless act of aggression towards animals and a bloodlust for killing all the wildlife until there's nothing left, but we know that isn't what hunting's all about at all. In fact, it's the exact opposite. We're proud of our heritage. We're thankful for the generations before us that gave us these opportunities. At the turn of the century, wildlife populations were on the decline in North America. Laws were written, hunting seasons were established, and now, now hunters became the conservationists. Placing an excise tax on licenses and equipment have provided billions to successful wildlife restoration efforts, creating and protecting new habitat, including our lakes, our rivers, our parks, and all the fish and wildlife that inhabit them. It's not in our best interest to destroy wildlife. We're a part of nature. We coexist. Every store, restaurant, gas station, fast food chain on every corner in any town you've ever been to supplies you, the consumer, pre-packaged meat. Let's not sugarcoat it. That animal was slaughtered. It died so you could eat it. Now, hunting isn't for everyone, and that's fine. But take comfort in knowing that the future of that animal depends on the continued support of the sportsmen and women who do. So I challenge you, I invite you to come into the woods with me. See wildlife the way I do. Listen to the turkeys gobble off their roosts. Feel the excitement as a buck chases a doe out in front of your stand with his nose to the ground. Better yet, sit in a blind as a youth hunter takes their first deer, catches that first fish, and is finally able to put a meal on the table for their family. I don't hunt because I hate wildlife. I hunt because I love wildlife, because their well-being is dependent on our efforts, and I can't think of anything more meaningful than passing that love for the outdoors onto the next generation. You want to get out there, you want to be a part of it. It's about the love, the passion for the outdoors, you know, we're making our property better, we're trying to improve our hunting, we're, we're working on it all year long, it's not a show up in October and hunt a few times. And this is a passion that, that we have. We can't turn it off. You know, it's 12 months a year, non-stop.
Do us all a favor. Get a kid outdoors. Enjoy what Mother Nature gave to us. And you know what? Help grow this heritage. As us hunters, all we have is each other. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.